I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Cow Corner Podcast. The Birmingham League Show. For your latest dose of all things Birmingham League cricket. And welcome back to another episode of the Cow Corner Podcast Birmingham League Show. Episode 22, I believe. <laughs> just I've even just checked it as well if it's not I'll see what I can do but anyway thank you very much for tuning in again this is episode 99 in total so you would have thought I have kind of got used to it and uh, would have prepared but evidently not as always my name is James Hill and I am joined with the rich man's Jack Black Will Parton how are we Will? Fantastic thanks for asking how are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. And as well as Will, we are joined by Mr. High Performance, Andy Sutton. How are we, Suts? Yeah, good, mate. Very good. You're a popular man, Suts. Uh, we did our first ever Cow Corner Sunday 11 game. We played a Hawk Invitational 11, and all that people kept asking me was, where's Suts? Yeah, they'd probably all want to have a trial at Warwickshire or something like that. That might, <laughs> that might be. I don't think it's my personality. Or <laughs> uh, uh, my, uh, my witty chat. I think it's... Uh, they wanted me to watch them play cricket and see if I can get them or their kids on the pathway or something like that. So, yeah, very nice to hear about it, but uh, I'm sure there are other reasons why. <laughs> Big Worcestershire fans as well. So you never know. They may have been just out for a lynching. Um... Oh, yeah, exactly. Where is he? Where is he? Where we can hang, draw and quarter him. So, <laughs> that's my early comments on a few episodes ago. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, it was a great day and um, we had so much fun. We supported the bar very well and uh, they put on a lovely barbecue as well. And the cricket was good as well. And there was a couple names that you may recognise, Jaden Levitt, Andrew Kimberlin, among others who turned up. 
and yeah, we gave them as good a game as we could. We fell out just short, but um, in true Shropshire cricketing style, we had a, a lovely collapse, having put, having been well above the rate. But yeah, well, uh, we've got more games in the pipeline. So if you are interested, get in touch, and uh, we will uh, we'll be putting those out. So yeah, if you're in touch, fancy getting a game in on a Sunday or one of our bank holiday Monday games for various President's Days, let us know. Anyway, as always, you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Finding us on at Cow Corner Podcast and at Cow Corner Pod on Twitter. Anyway, so it's been, uh, we're the halfway point, guys. Halfway in terms of the season, not halfway in terms of our cricket, though, is it? But uh, still <laughs> feels like we haven't barely played. But um, no, yeah, we're, um, well, one week past halfway now, aren't we? And for this mid-season special, I thought we'd bring in uh, a special guest. And uh, as you know, guys, very, very special guest from my uh, favourite cricket club of them all, Leamington CC. How are we, Wiggers? Yeah, very well. Thanks, James. Thank you for having me back on. It's a pleasure as always. There we go. We're on we're on friendship basis now. I'm calling you Wiggers. Um, but no, how... <laughs> yeah, um, an interesting start to the season for you, boys. Yeah, it's been uh, oh, it's been very hit and miss. Um, not really gone to complete plan, if I'm honest. Um, we just had no consistency whatsoever. Obviously, everyone everyone was rain affected at the start of the season, which didn't help anyone. So we're in the same boat in that. But I've oh, just availability has been poor. A um, couple of injuries, you know, some new players. You know, we've just seen to win one, lose one every all the time, and. Um, just not got any rhythm going, but hopefully that'll change going into the second half of the season. It's better than lose one, lose one there, isn't it? Well, yeah, <laughs> it is, yeah, it is. No, <laughs> we, yeah, of course. I'd be happy with lose one, win one. Yeah. <laughs> really happy. Yeah, I, know, I do know the feeling from last year, yeah. So <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> So, guys, opening it up to the whole room, if you could describe the first half of the season in three words, how would you describe it so far? And we'll start with uh, Will. Really very wet. <laughs> and then if you could describe that, that describes the first quarter of the season. And then you could describe the second quarter of the season is really very dry. <laughs> that went, yeah. that went, it went from... Like you can't play it so wet, so all of a sudden it's a dust bowl, and the uh, shine's gone off the ball within ten overs. <laughs> they're there. That's the two halves of the first half. Okay, so, so I want you to try and think of something different. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Big mixed bag, I'd say, in terms of cricket we've played, weather, um, and even. I know we spoke a bit about the the kind of state of the cricket balls. I think even they've been very different. It's almost turning up, and the last couple of weeks have been completely different as well. So it is. It's been no consistency to anything really. Uh, whether it's been pitches, weather, the way we've played, um, all that sort of stuff. So it's a big, a big mixed bag. I would say would be my three words. John, um, I'd say the season has been completely uh, unpredictable. Um, you know, you try and sort of see some sort of patterns in terms of what teams are doing. And certainly in Division 2, everyone seems to be beating everyone. And, like, you know, we're now sort of closer to knowing who's going up and who's going down. It's just been a completely mixed bag season, as such said. So, mm. yeah, very unpredictable indeed. Yeah, I was going to go along similar lines. I was going to say up for grabs because I think it is... 
as as you were saying, it starts to look like someone's gonna move out move out of sight, and then they go on a run, and then someone else moves up the table, or you know, positively or negatively, <laughs> goes on a run, you know, and people are getting dragged into relegation battles. People are then getting themselves out, and then instantly getting into the promotion push it's it's so tight in all the divisions it's been uh well it's been a very interesting start i'd say at the, at the very least yeah i think it's it's um i don't know where we're going to end up with you know four or five games left and i reckon they'll they'll be teams running out of time you know i, I don't know how it felt last year um going into that game at your place so it's, um i think we talked about it before what was that Four games before the end of the season, wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah, you boys came to us and uh, you needed a win, didn't you? So yeah. it was, and we were we were still vying, and we were getting trying to kind of um, creep up on Smethwick, and both teams were obviously very keen for a win, and you guys pipped us there with uh, with a George Hargrave hundred and a Harry Darley Pfeiffer. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's I, I think kind of going on to this season that it's been great to see that there's a lot of teams without bagging Kidderminster I think they're going to really really struggle I think they they're pretty pretty honest with themselves they're going to struggle to to stay up and, and find that form but kind of that second relegation spot and even the title uh, I still think there's a, a few teams that could go still go down and and I know Smethwick and ourselves have, have put on a really good run over the last month so we're pushing for that kind of top top four, top three posi- uh, positions with uh, Mosley doing well and Wolves and Hales going starting to drop a little bit. K and D have had a little bit of a wobble, but then come then come back. So I think it's extremely exciting going into the second half of the season. Yeah, something I was going to. Yeah. Oh yeah, sorry, go for it. Well, no, I was going to say it looks a bit similar in in the other division as well, doesn't it? Whereas probably the only consistent thing for the first. Eight games was Dorridge at the top, and although they're still at the top, you've got a, some, you've got a team you're joint second or joint first now, and people starting to catch up. So although you know people can have momentum at the start, you know this is where it really changes. And then if you can be there and around it, four or five games to go and pick up that same sort of momentum, then that's what everyone's going to be looking for, isn't it? Do you think, John, that the the amount of rain affected games when it was win losers? contributed to the league being as tight as they are? Uh, massively. Um, I think the big difference between sort of uh, the white ball and the red ball is in the white ball, it, teams have stretched a lot more. So like, you know, especially in the bowling, um, you know, in red ball cricket, teams can get away with bowling sort of, you know, you can you can bowl three bowlers for most of the innings, you know, Um so if you've only got a couple of three or four good bowlers, then you'd be fine. Whereas in white ball cricket, you've probably realistically got to bowl sort of six or seven bowlers. And if you've got to fill them in with part-timers, then, you know, I think that really sort of stows teams up that don't have that strength and depth. And obviously, like you say, we at the start of the season, we had, I don't know how many games, white ball games we missed, but there's obviously a high proportion. I think that massively affects it and, Going into the last, is, is it the last six games? Yeah. 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 I, I think it will all go down to that. I, I think there'll be some big movements then. Yeah, so you look at the first five games of the season. After after week six, it's pretty much been all go. After week five, there's only been two games that were abandoned. Shrewsbury versus Ombersley and Bromsgrove versus Warfield. We completely lost all games on week four. 
week one, we had two games, Wolves versus Mosley and Tamworth versus Dorridge. And um, week two, we got a full round of fixtures in Div 2. We got two games on in Div 1. Then three games were played in Div 2 week three. The whole of week three was played in Div 1 and then half and half in week five. But then since it's been all moving forwards but that's that's a he- that's a high chunk of games and it's not surprising to see that the sides who have had the most games abandoned in Bromsgrove and Shrewsbury in their respective divisions finding themselves in the bottom two yeah i think um you'd hope well yeah all could have lost all those games it made no difference you know and actually could have picked up less points but i think you'd hope that you might be able to pick one or two wins up in that in a couple of the games that you've got abandoned so Purcell has been on 80-odd points, I think, and we're, what, 15 points behind the next team? But then between, I think it's 10th and, like, 6th, there's only about 30, 40 points, isn't there? Less than two wins? Yeah. Separating that, so you could be potentially be around about mid-table, couldn't you? And I assume the same would be for Div 2 as well. Yeah, you look at, you look you look across the leagues and, you, you know, a couple teams that I, well, I'll probably pick it out later, but there are some teams who have had more games that have been abandoned who are very close to sides who have had very few and you probably look at that and you're saying they're probably trending upwards the table still lying a little bit maybe but um in this second half of the season it's going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out and as you can see um the table's constantly changing from where it's especially in division two and it's the one constant is uh, starting to flip now, it looks like. But um, yeah, let's get ourselves on to our divisional reviews and we'll start with our first division and Division 1. <laughs> Every time you do that, though, I have to cut it out. Uh, <laughs> okay, so we move on to Division 1, our first division. And sitting proudly atop of Division 1 are Mosley with 176 points. They have gone an incredible seven games unbeaten, starting from week six with victory against Smethwick, Barners Green, Kenilworth Wardens, Hales Owen, Ombersley, Shrewsbury, and then Wolverhampton. Next up for them, though, is the mighty Barnt Green. Bet you're looking forward to that one, Sats. In second place are Nolan Dorridge, who have moved back up from third into second. They're 10 points behind Mosley on 166. From top position, Wolverhampton have dropped down to third place in 160. In fourth place are Smethwick, a side who keep going up the table. They were in eighth position in week six and have just slowly but surely made their way up the table having been in 10th even in week three it's just been slow but steady for Smethwick this season in fifth are Hales Owen who have dropped off considerably since uh, our last podcast when they found themselves in first place Hales Owen managing to pick up only four points in the last two games which has really made a difference to their position in the table Barnt Green find themselves in sixth on 136 points so that is 40 points between Barnt Green in sixth place and Mosley in first in seventh place are Barnard's Green a side who have jumped up from 11th the last time we did a podcast there on 122 points 14 points behind Barnt Green in eighth are Kenilworth Wardens with 120 in ninth are Berkswell with 101 in tenth are Ombersley with 100 points then 
into the relegation zones. The two constants this season, Shrewsbury are in 11th with 86 points and in 12th place are Kidderminster with 46. So a big jump there between Kidderminster and Ombersley of 56 points and Shrewsbury a little closer, 14 points behind. But when you're down in those positions and wins are hard to come by, that might be a bigger jump than it may look like on paper. Depends on well you're playing, but yeah, essentially, um, when you're down there, every point matters. Um, you know, only speaking from experience from last year on how difficult it was to try and get from this position to, you know, to be safe by the end of the year. It's gonna, it's a tough one. I mean, I know, like you say, Kadiga probably gonna struggle a bit, but um, I think we've been playing quite well. We've like scored two fifty plus consistently in lost games. Um, which has been a bit disappointing. It doesn't help when you drop. You know, uh, two weeks ago, Barker 190, drops in three, four times. And I think we dropped um, uh, Bill Al on about six. On Friday, and he got 140. So if you're going if, if to take your chances, I think we were looking positive to potentially win the game, obviously, as well, before we were abandoned. So if we take our chances, we're mid-table. So I think we're playing well enough to, to be up there. It was just um, maybe start dropping number eleven instead of their best player. That might be a mm. might be a way to go. Um, I guess. I guess from a Shrewsbury point of view, the worrying thing is that the teams who are around you are Berkswell and Ombersley. And uh, would you say that's probably the biggest surprise looking at this table, Sutz? I'd say so. Yeah. I th- for me, I, I've said it on previous podcasts where we've. I think the standard of cricket this year has been yes the weather's obviously played a, a, a decent part in it but I'm looking at teams now and there's <clears throat> there's genuinely four high quality bowlers there's I said this to somebody the other day actually I think it's more usually have your top five top six batters that do a lot of the work but now you've got teams especially when we even when we played Kenilworth we had guys um coming in at seven, eight, nine, and even ten, and actually number eleven—I can't remember his name—but he played an absolute belt of an innings, nearly got them over the line. So you've got, I think, the strength in in depth of quality, whether it's academy cricketers, club cricketers, club cricketers coming into the league. You you've not won a game until it's completely done. There's no rabbits with the bat anymore. There's no kind of real weaknesses with the ball. Um, so you've got good sides like. Will's just said there, Shrewsbury are playing some really good cricket, but just finding themselves not taking those little one percenters. There's a bit of a coaching <laughs> um, yeah, vernacular yeah. for you. Making those one percenters really count, whether it's drop catches or just moments in games. And and I think that's really exciting for the league. That's the positive with it all. Um, and I think it's great that you've still got six or seven teams that could be vying for the league and there could be six or seven teams that could still go down. So... I think that's uh, that's only a good thing, and the quality of cricket has been been really high quality at this moment in time. So let's say let's let's uh, let's let me say something that I don't think I've said too much on this podcast. But uh, let's start by talking about Ombersley, um, sure. um, mainly because they always kind of they they seem to find themselves in that middle that middle portion and they're, they're very kind of, I don't know, they they kind of float in and, in and around the storylines, really, I find. And whenever we come to them, we always say if they could get their best team out, which is part of the Cal Corner bingo, they'd have uh, an unbelievable side. But they've got the leading run scorer and they've got 
three, well, two bowlers in the top five, top, top five, five wicket takers, yeah. and then they've got their their leading run scorers also in the top twenty five wicket takers as well. So, Sats, obviously a good win for you boys at the weekend, winning by seven wickets over Ombersley. What was your general kind of thoughts and conclusions that you came out of that game with? I think. They're they're a side that have got some some good quality, like you say, they've got experience in the bowling attack. But I think the margins for winning games of cricket is is so small at the moment. And even kind of when people are talking about the ashes at the moment, it's everyone's a bit doom and gloom about being two nil down. But there's really small margins when you've got quality cricketers knocking around, and it only takes that little two. You only need to be five percent off. And suddenly um, you can you can lose points or you lose games of cricket. And I think looking at them, they've got some some good quality. I quite like that their overseas came out and played uh, a, a good knock against us. And and we just had one of those days. Well, Jack Banton had one of those days uh, for us. One hundred and fifty not out. You and it was pretty much chanceless. It wasn't kind of dropped three times or or anything like that. He he played some very expansive shots and and backed himself, got himself. Uh, in and just went ballistic really but it was controlled and it was high quality but obviously I think on a very good pitch tried to throw a lot at him and um, he just came up with the answers and and for me they're, they're still a very good side they've got some experience with George Panay and, and Gareth Andrew Taylor Cornell played a, a really good knock uh, um, of 120 20 odd knots out yeah. I think the one yeah I think the the big thing that we did well at the start is we kept we kept him quiet. We we kind of didn't let them get off to a bit of a flyer. We didn't get any wickets, but they were off twenty two overs. They were, I think, forty eight for one. So we just kind of squeezed them a bit, and they they kicked on uh, a bit later in the innings. But um, I think we just kept him as quiet as we could early on. So because if he gets one sixty, one seventy, they get three hundred. It's suddenly a, a, a just a mentally a bit more of a, a, a challenge, but 260 on that wicket was probably about par. Um, and we just, we, we played some really good cricket and we have done over the last month or so. But I still think they, obviously you, you talk about those pros not playing, but even when they don't, they've, they've still got some good quality. And just at this moment, I think there's just a bit of a gap between those experienced players. They've got a few mm. younger lads in there. So they're up, there might be a little bit of a, a difference in terms of, the bowlers they've got, they they haven't. I didn't think they had the last year. They had Fahid Farhad Shabir as their spinner, uh, so I think they're missing him. He's at uni, I think, at the moment, or um, I'm sure he's still playing for them. Uh, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, he was a, a, a big part of their bowling attack. Richard Jones uh, moving on as well is a bit of a a hole. Um, so. Yeah, from our point of view, obviously great result against a, a very good quality team. It looks yeah. like for me, it's a, a team that hasn't quite been able to sort of get over the line. If you look back at some of the results over the last few weeks, obviously abandoned against us. They were fancy their chances on knocking it off. I think they had that good game against Mosley, didn't they? Was it where um, us not the, the winning runs off? Mm. Nine down. Yeah. Um, so, you know, another really close game where they didn't see it through. And I think the other game, Wolverhampton, where um, you know they've you said they've got two, they've struggled to two hundred and two for five off their fifty-five overs, which is you know reasonably slow going. But then Wolverhampton got it with less than two overs left, so another yeah, really close game. There. So um, they're probably just 
not quite getting over the line in those games, those close games where they find themselves <laughs> down the bottom. So you've got that's why you've got players at the top doing well, but as a team, you've got similar position to us, I guess. You know, you've, you've got to be able to, you know, mm. get yourself over the line. Is that is that what you'd say it is? Would you say it's just a case of getting over that tipping point? Um, their their two victories this season coming in week seven and week three against Kidderminster and Kenilworth Wardens. Uh, the only difference between them and Shrewsbury in eleventh is that they got a, a winning draw against Barnards Green in week six. But it. Is that what we're kind of really saying for these sides down ninth, tenth, eleventh? It's just a case of getting over the line. And as we'll go on to talk about later in Division Two, once you do kind of get yourself over the line, very similar to like Tamworth and Shifnal, for example, and Warfield, you start going on a bit of a run, John. Yeah, absolutely. Um, winning's a habit, isn't it? And so is losing, unfortunately. And like Will said, he, you know, Shrewsbury are playing good cricket, but it's being able to to win those key moments to win the game of cricket like dropping catches when when you need to catch them and you know dropping a guy on zero and then goes on to get 100 or whatever you know they're key moments that's what wins and loses the game and um you tend to do those things well when you're winning and you you tend to drop those chances when when you're losing and that's that's ultimately the difference yeah i know that too well over the last sort of year and a bit <laughs> So, Sats, is it just, would you say, from your coaching perspective, if you were coaching these sides, would you just say, just relax a bit more? Or do you think that it can sometimes come from overthinking your fielding, your tactics, and then when, obviously, the, those balls are coming to those Shrewsbury players, maybe they are thinking too much before they drop them? Um, I'm not sure. So, the the kind of way <laughs> Sorry, I'd put Will. that, uh, the way I put that, <laughs> I, was, I was trying to get, I was trying to get a smirk or a laugh out of Will, but I got nothing. I just got <laughs> deathly silence. <laughs> I wasn't the only one. All right. I'm only saying it out of experience, mate. I see that ball go up in the air. And I see I'm underneath, and I go far. <laughs> <laughs> I dropped. I, to be honest, I'll go with you there. I dropped an absolute goober on Saturday, and it was the overseas and every four or six he hit afterwards you're just going oh shit we're going to be chasing 320 here and it's going to be my fault and everyone's <laughs> looking at me and all this sort of stuff so it can it can happen no matter how much training you do and, and how many catches it just it can kind of the confidence can can drain out of you the one thing I would say from our point of view from from Bart Green is I think the rhythm that we didn't have at the start with the games being abandoned we've also had over the last month or so opportunity to train on grass and and do a bit more fielding and and things like that I think the other part of it within the game is we had two results one result against Berkswell and one against Smethwick where we got losing draws and just having that fight and not outright losing a game of cricket can get you into a good place and show a bit of character I think that's a, a huge part of especially Red Bull cricket because I'm sure Will's the same and John might have played in it when it was all 55 over cricket and it was all win, lose, draw. And you there was not many outright wins. Um, to get one of those outright wins was was very, very tough. I think it happens a little bit more now because batters are a bit more expansive and games kind of a bit closer and, and things like that. But actually getting out of a game with a losing draw, um, I think gave us a bit of a kick up the backside and showed a bit of character and... We got that up against Perkswell and Smethwick. And then from that point on, we've had a winning draw against Barnes Green and then 
three outright wins. So I think it's just sticking to the process, as people say, and, and wondering what that that looks like from a, a bowling unit point of view, uh, how you train in the week. I know Shrewsbury have got kind of a coach in, in James Wadger who helps out and then other guys probably train really hard. It's just kind of backing that, sticking with that. Uh, and if you do that, I think the game will will help you. Um, and mm. like Will said, they are playing some good cricket. It's just having that a little bit of luck or or somebody taking that spectacular catch or making that, that run out. And that would be kind of a, a coach's chat where you go, well, who's the one who's going to do it? Who's going to change that? momentum in the group who's going to play that innings who's going to who's going to have that spell that's just going to get everybody going and then suddenly you, you look back and uh that was the thing that changed it and everyone kind of rides that wave so you've got to be positive in this game because there's definitely a lot more down days than there are good uh with this game so you've got to try and make sure that you you keep being as positive train hard and 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 that win will come and then you've kind of gone on that bit of a run really a confidence it, thing, the equivalent of like yeah. a striker putting one in off off his shin from a yard out. Will yeah, you take it, Smallsy. <laughs> what, <laughs> what a film! What a film! Can I just say we probably lo- actually no, we probably I was about to say we've lost half the audience listening, but uh, probably if you're listening to a podcast, that is our audience. So yeah, well, that... <laughs> I, I said that also, in my I football team brilliant. once, and they were like, what? 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 That's a film? And I was thinking, like, I can't believe you haven't seen this. But anyway. How have you not seen Mike Bassett? That is the greatest <laughs> film ever. I also think it's three podcasts in a row where I've managed to get a reference in as well. You must have done a reckon, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I just, um, Benson, I think, Hedges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I did the other week when I had a pina colada. That's why I said I could pack it in the suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, We're just going back to Omsley quick. I don't think they've really been heavily defeated. They've had two bad results, but not like getting hammered. Um, and they've also, uh, they couldn't, I think they had a draw, uh, another draw going back, but they had another team nine down. They couldn't bowl them out. Um, that's eight points there. Look at those other two close results. You get those as wins. All of a sudden, that's what, 40 points difference? Puts you up in sixth, fifth, fifth, sixth. You know, that's the difference on those couple of results going your way. Yeah. And you want to look at a team like Mosley. Well, we've got 10 games left, you know, 200 points up for grabs, really. And you see a team like Mosley go from week three, week week three, week four, um, in week 11th five place. In 11th. Well, they go further back. They're in 11th for three weeks in a row, I'm pretty sure. Mm. That's week three, am I right? Three, four, so five. Then you go, yeah. So then you go from there, week three, all the way up to winning seven in a row into top into first place 10 games left anyone anyone else hits a run like that it's possible for anybody to be in any sort of position going forward you know you've got to look at a team like that or and yourselves sets and you know and smedic at that table it doesn't take much 10 games is it like 200 points to play with there's a lot and if anyone wants to have a look at how to get out of this year have a look at last year's table and see what sort of points people finish on and see whereabouts you think you're going to need to be what your games that you're going to have to win you know what how are you going to get points for the last bit of the Bit of a stat one for you guys. There's only one side who's unbeaten, and that's Noel and Torridge. And that they came out on the right side of a victory against uh, another championship-chasing side in Hales Owen, who, as we mentioned earlier, have only picked up a handful of points in their last two games. But uh, a big win for K&D to get themselves back on track, Sutz. 
Yeah, again, kind of looking down at their side, I think rumours are that their overseas is a is another high quality cricketer. Um, looking at the depth they've got in the batting, you've got even Jack Grundy coming in at I think seven or eight, um, and scoring fifty off sixty one balls. That just shows kind of the the quality they they've got, as well as a couple of good young rookie contracted pros that I know quite well. They best average in the league as well, one hundred twenty four. There you go, Jack. Um, Absolute jet, uh, and I think they're always some some. They are a team to to watch out for because of the quality of cricketer that they have, the the depth that they've got, and and kind of with Samit playing and for for most of the season helps. And I think they're they're still the team for me. I know Mosley have played some really good cricket. We've got them this weekend, which will be a real ding dong battle. And um, but I think K and D are still the ones to to keep an eye on with their, their very experienced bowling attack, good overseas and uh, and strength in depth when they come from there. But yeah, Hales Owen have uh, last couple of weeks have, have, have really struggled from being at top of the tree to then four points in two weeks is a, is a big drop down for them. And, and they come at, they got on the wrong end of a, a, of a game against us. They won the toss and batted first and we just put the ball in and really good areas and we caught everything. And it was just one of those days where all three of us as seamers, Chipped in Adam Hines with Forfer, who's who's doing really well with the ball at the moment, having a really cracking season. Robbie Shermer is just putting it on a good line and length for long periods of time in long spells, and nice for me to to contribute a couple of early, a uh, couple of three early wickets to to get the boys going. So they've had a a real struggle here, was Owen. So they'll have to try and fight their way back into that kind of league contention. At the same end of the table, Mosley with a massive statement victory against high-flying Wolverhampton, getting Wolverhampton all out for 127, chasing Mosley's 225. Two notable absentees from the uh, Wolverhampton scorecard. Will, how would you read into this game, having a look at it? It's ironic you said that because after we finished our game on Saturday, we've got them this week, and um, you know, uh, it's you need to know what you're going to be doing going into the game. Who you're going to be playing against? And they're the two that I singled out, which was Warwick Finn and Tom Fell. Um, they're the two that I did single out. It's like you're going to have to know how we bowl to the best bats from the team. How you know how we face the best bowlers in the team. What we're going to do? How we're going to score runs? How we're going to keep them out? How we're going to you know, go about your game. And I did single those out. And with those two not playing, it's going to be being the probably the backbone of that side, aren't they? And they're going to score the majority of the runs and, you know, knock off the most totals, I would have thought, in that side. And Warwick with his bowling as well is probably a huge miss, something you're not going to, uh, not going to replace very easily. I think um, he hasn't bowled as many overs as Joe Stanley, though, looking at the stats, though. He bowled probably more overs. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you look at the other the the other main standout player. You probably say for Wolverhampton being Benjamin Horn. I believe mm. overseas, isn't he from uh, New Zealand? Yeah, he was out cheaply. So you know, you've lost three your three main batters, or two not playing, and one out cheaply. And I think uh, I think Will Neil scored got a few runs, didn't he? But um, you know, you're looking at your depth and your squad then with your key players not contributing or not being there. On the other side of the coin, Mosley and something that we brought up a few weeks ago. Having the availability of their main players and their contracted players, Keith Barker again playing uh, not as many runs this week, but picked up four wickets. Uh, then you got Chase Simmons, who, on the other hand, didn't get any wickets, but picked up a few a runs with yeah. 40. Um, Usman Awan chipping in with 12 at number 11 always helps. Their side is 
is packed with not just those guys as well. They've got mm. Yadvinder Singh is a is a good is a good bowler. Obviously, is a is a good quality mm. um, spinner. Um, they've got some experienced players and some good know how in that in that uh, group of batters. And it's a difficult place to to go and play because at times there it's been quite flat and and they've got hybrids there which are. Have been playing pretty well, but so it's a fast scoring ground. It's dimensions of the ground are, are quite interesting anyway. So uh, you put those guys into that that group of very good club cricketers, and you've got yourself a, a side that's <laughs> vying for the title, which they which they did last year and and now doing again. What do you think? What are your opinions on hybrids? Mixed, based on the fact that they've all been completely different. Um, right. Smethwick's one was. The flattest thing I've ever yep. bowled out, bowled yep. and batted on outside of professional cricket. Never um, seen Garrett look so, you know, upset and demoralised with the ball. Literally not like by the end of the day, it's so abrasive. I looked at our ball at the end of the first over, and the whole thing was completely cracked. The lacquer was cracked completely. I was like, you know, I don't really see that at the start of the day. It was literally going sideways, and then after about fifteen overs, it didn't. You know, it didn't swing, it didn't seem. Yeah. Didn't really spin. We played one at Schiffnell last year that was, was not too bad. Everyone um, waiting in the glove. That was great at Schiffnell. <laughs> Theirs was really bouncy. So just yeah. nothing, nothing seemed to like to get through. Just everything just, but it was quite new, wasn't it? So I imagine it settled in, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Bowling a good length, it sounds. Yeah, just, um... <laughs> no, I was just waiting for Stanley to turn up. I was, it's like, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so around around the grounds just to round off division one uh shrewsbury as you as, as we've already mentioned when your luck's not going your way it's really not going your way despite two wonderful centuries from george hargrave 116 off 132 and peter clark 103 off 132 uh we're unable to get over the line and uh we're beaten by six wickets by Smethwick side who knocked it off with 10 overs to spare Bilal Shafir with 144 and with the ball Kadir Ali six for 74 off 17 overs there also Barnes Green with a good win which keeps their good form and their push for moving them further away from those relegation zones a big win over Berkswell who uh, suffer another defeat Ryan Tong 77 for Barnard's Green and then with the ball Max Bentley three for 30 Nick James picking up four for 48 for Berkswell and in reply CJ Whittock uh, 44 um, unable to take Berkswell to victory but the final game in division one of this last week which could have penciled down as a big one. And if you were Kidderminster, you'd be really targeting this one as one that you'd want to try and win going up against Kenilworth Wardens. Won the toss, elected to field, bowled Kenilworth out for 146 inside the overs and then failed to knock them off, getting bowled out for 121. Only Neil Pinner, LJ Powell and Dylan Griffiths really troubling the scorers with 20s. Graham Wagg failing to score and then with the ball, Zeshan Bessir. Uh, four for 36 for Kiddy. That must be a massive blow for them. You know, speaking to one of their lads earlier today, actually, you know, saying that they, they're obviously really disappointed with that. That was probably, they'd like to have another stab at that one, going looking back at it. 
I think he said they couldn't really get any partnerships together. He said Neil looked, Neil Pinner looked so good for his 2030, whatever he got, but no one was able to bat together with one of the other lads. Um, I think he's. I think when Luke came in, Waggy just got out, and then they were. I think from how he described it, they've got a reasonable tail, so it's difficult from there. But if one of those lads bats another five overs, they probably win the game, you know. And it would have been a really crucial win for them. But when you, like you say, losing can be a habit, and when you're struggling, those things just don't go your way. Do they? You're looking at some of the strike rates as well: fifteen, fifteen, forty-five, twenty-eight, forty-four, zero. Their strike rates I'm familiar with on a Saturday because uh, I see them very regularly. Uh, but, um, Neil Pinner then, on the other hand, as you said, with a strike rate of 116.67, another one such where you probably a similar theme to what we were saying earlier, really, potentially between the ears and a bit of confidence needed for Kitty. Yeah, they're not in a they're not in a kind of a good place from a form point of view, confidence point of view, and then they come up with kind of a sniff of a win and then I look at the bowling attack and it's it's four very good young cricketers, Tommy Rex, Rory Hayden, Josh Baker and Reeve Evitt, all fresh and either academy players, ex-academy players, second team cricketers or professional cricketers. Uh and they've they've come in and and that's a, a good attack. They they that attack uh bowled us out for two hundred odd on a on a pretty good wicket at our place. Um so in terms of, like I said, the strength in depth that's that's in the the league at the moment, those those four lads are, are definitely lads to to keep an eye on. I know Josh Baker's made um, a name for himself in playing for Worcester in first class cricket, and is a good, very very good left arm spinner. But the three seamers, uh, three of the young seamers, that I would really keep an eye out for for the future, whether it be involved in Birmingham Premier League cricket for a long time or or going further, because. Uh, Rory Hayden's a, a lad that's come in from Staffordshire and is a high quality young seamer. Um, Tommy Rex has been very good. Seems like he's been around as a as a bit of a stalwart for a number of years, but he's probably about 22 or something. So he's not particularly very old mm. and he's got a lot of years ahead of him and very skillful. And Reeve Evitz is a young lad who's picked up five for 13 mm. uh, coming on first, second change, really. So they've just come up against, uh, on a pitch that's probably done a bit, they've come up against four young lads chomping at the bit to, uh, to put them in their place, and that's what they've done. So, yeah, they'll, they'll be disappointed um, with that, and unfortunately, it looks like a, a really long road back for for Kiddy. Yeah, as you mentioned, Reeve Evitt, someone that you mentioned pre-season as well as someone to look out for. He becomes the first yeah. person to get two sec- two five-wicket hauls this season. There you go. Um, he's got the Did best average. First weekend, first yeah. game. It was yeah, cheap. A... He came on. I reckon he came. I think I remember this one because I remember sending him a message saying "Well, bold," and he, I think he came on like fourth change and got five for seven or five for twelve or something like that. And yeah, uh, yeah he's a, a young lad on Worcester's academy, genuine all rounder as well. Can bat. Um, he, he bats in the top. I think he bats three for Kenilworth, but has the potential to be a, a top six batter at higher levels. And uh, yeah, definitely somebody to keep an eye. He's tall. He gets good bounce. Uh, and shapes the ball away nicely from the right-hander. So, yeah, definitely keep an eye on him. Yeah, he's got the best average in the in, in Division 1 with 11.6. Well, of people who have bowled more than <laughs> one game's worth of overs. Um, and <laughs> be uh, strike rates, strike rates also up there. He's got a strike rate of 19.4, and his econ rate is the third best of anyone who's bowled more than 20 overs. So... 
he is def he's he's definitely someone going to places uh, with as you mentioned the best of five for seven. It's, it's performances like that that will get sides over the line and. Kenilworth have started to turn their season around a little bit and found themselves moving towards getting on a bit of a run. But um, yeah, uh, what are your predictions for the second half of the season? I think the top five will be the current top four with Barnt Green shuffling themselves round and round and it's going to go to potentially that it might go within a couple of weeks to go. There'll be three teams in it. And it might even go to the last game. Who plays each other in like the last two weeks of the season? Out of that top four, out of that top six. Right. So the top, the top, the top four all play the current bottom four. The final week, final game of the season. Really. Mosley play Shrewsbury. Wolverhampton play Ombersley. Berkswell play Smethwick. Actually, tell a light. Nolan Dorridge are playing Kenilworth, who are eighth. Uh, the hardest game is Hales Owen versus Barnt Green. So that could be big game there. If I was making an assumption, you, you might say Hales Owen might end up dropping down to like seventh with Barnt Green going up to fifth, Kenilworth maybe sixth, and then that top six swapping around. I think that top six will be where it is, and I think the bottom six will be where it is. Mm. I don't think those will change. But I think the two halves will start to split at some point. We probably would have seen a bigger split if we hadn't had so many games abandoned. It's been a bit of a cricket badger's dream this episode. Stats galore. Um, Stats. I genuinely think it's going to go down to the last couple of games with uh, the abandonments and the change of form in the last month or so. I think it's it's going to topsy-turvy all the way through and I think it could be one of those end-of-season ones where it's people watching play cricket throughout the day and seeing how other teams are getting on. I really do think it could be three or four teams still vying for the title going into the last couple of weeks. I would love it to be last weekend where you've got three teams that could go down and three or four teams that could still win the title in the last uh, in the last game, which would be very exciting. I'm pretty sure Pardo becomes available for Giddy again coming from this week, school breakup, don't know, where you know where, where people go all the players and all the teachers and all of that. And I'm pretty sure he might be back. So you might find two teams find themselves on the back end of a, a big score from Pardo or Pinner at some stage in the second half of this season where you know you you'd hopefully back one of those both of those guys to win you one game each I would have thought yeah I think you look at Kiddie's fixtures coming up and then these next two weeks are potentially going to be crucial for them they've got they face a Hales Owen side who fair enough are in the top five but as we've mentioned have picked up four points in their last two games and then they've got Ombersley um, who are down there around them. But then after that, they've got Mosley, Wolverhampton, Barnt Green, K&D before playing Shrewsbury and Berkswell in their next two big games. Tough. Mm. Very tough. I and mean, even you get pards and pins, they're very good quality players. There's a lot of pressure on them to score pretty much 85, 90% of the runs week in, week out. That's And that's kind of goes back to what I said earlier around the depth of a lot of other teams above them. It's It's not one or two blokes that even for us as a side that have done well, we everyone's kind of chipped in at some stage. Uh, John? Oh, I've got no idea, mate. Honestly, God, I've got Fantastic. no idea. Thank you very much, um, What a contribution. No, Thanks no, for coming, no, John. No, Brilliant, no, mate. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sit um, firmly on the fence and say nothing. <laughs> no. Um, no, I've been taking lessons from podcasting from Sam Whitney. Absolutely, yeah, everyone's absolutely. in. Fourth. Everyone's going to finish fourth. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I would probably say trends that have happened over the last couple of weeks would continue. I would suggest Smevic will continue to go up, and I suspect they'll be up near the top towards the end. Especially they've signed an overseas recently as well. 
So I I would say they're going to be there or thereabouts at the top. And at the bottom, I would say it's a bloody long task for Kidderminster to get out of where they are. To be honest, I just it's going to be bloody tough. I, I can't see it happening. To be honest, my my overall synopsis, and it's a very 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 simple. <laughs> it's a very simple way of looking at cricket but the teams who are at the top are winning games convincingly they are beating teams with overs to spare or they're just like Smethwick you set a score that you think is decent or above par and then they'll knock it off with 10 overs to spare or you're chasing and then they've got bowlers or just come through and rip through you um, and then the teams who are kind of down at the bottom are, as you said of, of coming of coming close but not quite getting over the edge and that's that's been the main difference I think in division one this season but yeah it's going to be really interesting and uh, I, do, I do worry for the sides who are in the bottom three um, mainly because of their their running but as as you can see by what Mosley's did anyone can get out of it and it's only a couple wins difference and anything can happen um so on that bombshell we'll move ourselves on to division two as hurley stays on mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The fence once again. Okay, so we move ourselves on to Division 2 and John wakes up having having had to sit through. Um, So at the top, we have joint leaders. Dorridge are on 162 and joining them for the first time are West Bromwich Dartmouth with also with 162 unsurprisingly dropping down in to third but close on their tail four points behind are Himley couple of poor results for Coventry and North Warwickshire see them come down into fourth on 145 points Litchfield staying in fifth they've been in fifth for the last four weeks running and they've decided they like it there and they're not moving they're on 134 <laughs> points four <laughs> points behind them are Harborn, who are slowly they're the smethic of the league they're slowly but surely trickling upwards i don't know if you can chuckle upwards really so i don't know what that <laughs> phrase was I hope you can. um <laughs> Tamworth, Tamworth, who will be hoping to do uh, a Mosley, having been bottom of the table on week seven, now find themselves in seventh place after a fantastic run of form and 
clubs all across Division 2 hearing their wonderful song. In eighth place are Leamington. Um, we'll talk about that more in a minute. Werfield find themselves in ninth, Schiffnell in 10th, Bridge North in 11th, and Bromsgrove in 12th. Now, that eighth position are Leamington. They find themselves on 116. They're level with Werfield. Schiffnell, five points behind them in 10th. Then Bridge North, there's a gap then of 26 points. And then there's a gap of six points to Bromsgrove. So there's starting to be a little bit of a gap due to the fact that Werfield and Schiffnell have been able to put a good run of performances together. But as Tamworth have shown, John, anything can happen in Division 2. And I know this is another cow corner bingo phrase, but yeah, anyone can beat anyone in Division 2, it seems. Well, yeah, so it seems. Um... I mean, there's, you said there's a gap, but there's not really much of a gap, is there, uh, between sort of the bottom two and then shift on and Willowfield and ourselves. Um, it's still only a, a win and a bit away. No one's really separating themselves at the bottom of the table and then kind of just slowly goes towards the top. And, I, I, you know, I, we're sitting in eight. I still have the belief that we can put some wins together and we can push for promotion still. And that's that's just shows how tight it is. I'd agree. Definitely, you've got to be looking at that, haven't you? Yeah, I think I think I think three wins makes a huge difference. I reckon if you can string like like two or three wins together, that puts you up three, four places in 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 the league, doesn't it? And from no matter where you are, obviously not if you're in the top three, but from anywhere in that middle to to bottom half, if you can put three points, maybe even seventy five points in that, um, well, it'll be seventy five, but it'll be seventy two. But even if you can get that. That's a huge, huge jump, um, especially if you're playing teams around you. Yeah, Tamworth winless in their first six. They had two games abandoned against Leamington and Litchfield, but lost to Coventry, Schiffnell, Himley and Dorridge. But then in their next six, have only lost one game, and that was to Werfield the other week. But massive, massive win. And we'll start with this game in Dorridge, where Dorridge set Tamworth 224 off their 55 overs. Ben Shepperson with 48 and Sam Whitney's best friend Dave Ball with 75 off 68 and Perry Derrick with 32 for Dorridge there. But then Tamworth needing eight off the final over, having Jason Jakeman Ed Smith and Ben Maddox and Callum Render all setting it all up for the main man to come in, Sam Kinson, who with eight required, two balls to go, four already knocked off with two balls to go, hits a six. Balls the size of footballs on that man. <laughs> <laughs> Number I 10, you you've only got say. one. Jeez, <laughs> It was the last man as well. It was 10 and 11 in at bat with two balls to go, you know, in that going into a final over with 10 and 11, needing eight. <sighs> Unbelievable, wouldn't you say? It, it, for me, it's just like we said earlier, um, winning's a habit, isn't it? And, you know, when, you, when you're winning games of cricket and you find yourselves in those situations, you, you get across the line somehow. Um, if you're not winning games of cricket and you still find yourself in that situation, you, you you don't quite have the confidence to win those games. And because Tamworth are winning games of cricket, I, I think that's what got them over the line. And obviously Tamworth are a, a, a bunch of lads that 
most of them have played cricket together for many years and they're obviously some of they're not they're not got any real superstars on their side, but I think they're a they're a team of good cricketers and I think they obviously quite in, clearly enjoy playing cricket with each other and um when it gets to situations like that I think that's what counts. Yes. Um they're on they're on some run and the only other side who have done something similar. Only Dorridge in start of the season. I just had a probably run like that, haven't they? Yeah, Dorridge Dorridge, on the other hand, they, you know, unbeaten up until week eight, then in their last four games have lost three and only and the the only game that they've won is against uh, a lowly Bromsgrove who uh, you faced this week, John. Yeah, I I can't put a reason for that. Um uh Dorridge Dorridge back to this. They bowled us out for not much north of a hundred and knocked them off one down, I think. To be honest, I didn't really get a good look at Dorridge because they just battered us, but I, I can't I can't ex- they look quite a well rounded side to me, Dorridge. I you know, when they when at the start of the year when they were winning their games I thought, well that you know, fair play, they they look a good side, but I guess it just happens. You lose a game and suddenly you start doubting yourselves and it suddenly turns the other way, doesn't it? And they need to get themselves out of it. Looking at Dorridge, they've uh, actually only won, like you said, they've won one out of the last four. But then you've got Himley and West Brom just behind. You have kind of similar, before they've got identical records. They're, they're both, they've only lost one in their last five. In fact, West Brom have only lost one in their last six, I think. Lost two um, games all season against yeah, Tamworth so and they, Himley. So that they've caught up, you know, steadily. So, uh, but Himley have kind of been around the middle of the table and then been there for when Dorridge have sort of like not gained a lot of points. So, mm. you know, they've sort of crept out of nowhere really to be in a, a position to to push on. And we've spoken about Himley for the last few years saying they always look like a team. They were the, they were the original fourth, I think. You know, they look like a fourth place team, you know, and Wes, you know, he want to put his team a bit higher, but maybe... It's the season where they start pushing up. I mean, we're going to give our predictions later, aren't we? Mm. Yeah, so I'll save my next bit for my predictions later because it's. I always look at the positives of myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think your prediction is a very similar prediction to what mine's going to be for Division 2. But you look at that top section, that top seven um, in Division 2, and five of them have only had two abandoned games all season. Um, the other two are West Bromwich Dartmouth, who've got three abandoned games, who sit in second, and Himley, who are in third, have had four abandoned games. So you start to wonder how, how much difference that would make when you look at the team who've had the most abandoned games, who are Bromsgrove, and it's obviously had a massive impact on them kind of getting a run of form. And as you're saying, John, them struggling to get some form, even though they've, their captain leading light, leading run scorer, Jaden Levitt scoring runs. Alex Wilkinson got 48 as well. Alex Milton, 44, not out. Aman Hassan, 45. Um, then with the ball, that's probably where it's fallen down a little bit against you guys. Um, yeah, uh, Saturday. To be fair, was uh, we've had we've had some poor pitches at Leamington this year, which is not normally the case. Normally they're dead and they're quite Flat. slow, but but nor- normally they're consistent with themselves. But this year we've had some really poor ones. Um, but actually, Saturday was was very good pitch. Um, 
So we did well to keep them to sort of two, what was it, two to eight. Um, we felt as if we'd get Levitt out and then we sort of, we feel like they've only got Levitt and maybe Alex Milton as well. Lots of youngsters. Um, if we get Levitt out, we can control the game. To chase 233 mm. down was, was very pleasing indeed because we've struggled to chase anything all year. It's a welcome return to form for Shane Darrett as well. So yeah, uh, long way that continue. Andrew hey, yeah. Kimberlin, Andrew Kimberlin, five off twenty three in that game, struggling to get off the mark as well before being bowled by oh, John Wigley. I didn't. Oh. I'm just complete, I didn't. I didn't oh. <laughs> Set that up nicely, haven't you? Sounds like it was planned, but it wasn't. <laughs> that that's that's got to be. Uh, that was obviously keeping him quiet. It's got to be uh, big as well. Yeah, yeah. He, I've obviously played against him when he's played for Kidderminster. Yeah, I just bowled a little nip back and it cleaned him up. So good, good enough. <laughs> <laughs> More nip than Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a big wicket to get and keeping him quiet. And yeah, it's it. Whereas you then look at the Leamington stats: Harrison Smith seventy six, and as you yeah. mentioned, Shane Dowridge eighty two off sixty eight. How big of a role is he going to have to take on if you are to? take this run towards promotion towards division one would you hope uh massive obviously i i, I still believe I, I believe that Spain's the best batter in the league um he's had a few good balls this year he's had a couple of bad decisions it hasn't gone his way apart from the 150 at Worfield. but i i'm sure he can go on a run and he can win games by himself the other big one though is for us is harrison smith getting 76 you know, he's a real senior player for us. Um, he's been really struggling for runs this year, so for him to get 76, hopefully it kicks kicks on for him and um, he can have a big second half of the season and, and, yeah, we can go from there. He's got a lot of patience as well, hasn't he? He could bat forever if he wanted to. Yeah, yeah, he's, he, he's you know, he's he's played a lot of cricket. He's opened for Oxfordshire for many years. He um, He's a bloody good player, so um, if he gets going, he'll he'll, he'll do us real good. And then on the receiving end of a couple of his long stretches of <laughs> leaving and blocking, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it can be quite frustrating. He never, never looks sort of slowly accumulates, but never really looks like getting out either. You know, yeah, just, just never doesn't chase it. He doesn't, you know, looks just solid getting forward. It's just really frustrating. He can be, yeah. Well, he hasn't been for the first half of the year, unfortunately. <laughs> but, but, uh, but hopefully, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a batsman's first half of the year, though, was it? It took a while for the pitches to come round, and yeah, there were probably a few scores. But I was going to mention earlier: if you look at both leagues, there was probably getting close to ten hundreds over both yeah. leagues. I think it was yeah. about six in Div One, about four in, in Div Two. I think. Yeah. If you look at it, so there's the runs are starting to come. I think for a lot of people, and but it shows that we're twelve games in, and the top run scorer hasn't got to four hundred yet. Mm. You know, and and that's so you, the teams that in the past were probably. People pushing for a thousand runs and people all caught eight hundred runs, that sort of stuff. It's going to be tough for those players to get there. It's going to be a hell of a run for you know yeah. batters to come and do that. But it looks like they're starting to flow a bit more now. So lads so, have been struggling, or people who want their lads to go and win games for them, it's going to be a lot easier for them to do that. Something you brought up, John, and it really uh, struck a chord with me as someone. Maybe I don't know if it's across all leagues, but definitely in the Shropshire League that I play in something that you mentioned with the the standard of pitches. Now, 
Do you, is that something that you found is going across the leagues? I definitely found in the Shropshire leagues, we're getting a lot more pitches that are popping and scooting and things like that. And potentially thinking because we did have that big amount of period where it just rained consistently and it's potentially affected groundsman's prep of squares, would you say? Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's probably fair. But I've, I've heard uh, you guys say on, on previous pods in, in the Division 1 that pitches have been quite good recently since since the wet weather has ended. They've gone from being sort of really bad to really good, but I, I wouldn't say that's the same in Div Two. Um, the pitches we, some of the, we haven't. I've yet to play on a really good pitch yet in Div Two. Um, I haven't. We've obviously we're going to play at Harborn this week, so I'd I'd hope that that's a good pitch. It, it normally is. Um, obviously, I haven't played away at Schiffel yet, which is obviously a hybrid. So hopefully that'll be a decent pitch. But some of the other ones we've played on, they just yeah. They've gone from, yeah, you're right, they've gone from being sort of really wet to being too dry and sort of even Covnor Forest two weeks ago, historically a very good pitch, just really dry, quite slow, tennis ball bounce, just, you know, hard to score on. But every, I think everyone's a little bit scared to water it probably at mm. the moment. Um, we've had a bit of rain around as well, again, for the last couple of weeks, haven't we? I think it's it's rained midweek. Not many games have been affected on the Saturday, but it has rained in the week. So it probably has affected the prep. And it's not just been... So that I reckon they've been undercover for a lot and there's been a lot of wind. So the pitches are going to be dry, even mm. though it has been raining. So without being able to get it out and water it and prepare it properly, they've been undercover and just drying out under the covers is what I would say. Um, so maybe a few days behind on the prep, along with being overly dry, that might that might be know what it is um but i think yeah, i think like our pitches they have been very good i've been seeing you know keepers running their face and stuff and it's not loopy bounce either it's been reasonable you know skip through coming onto the bat there's been high scores everywhere like i said there's a lot of runs being coming i think um and a lot of wickets as well it's seeming around it's starting to spin i think it's just turning into really good cricket actually would you say it's a case of funding in that case the the division one teams able to fund more work on the ground and ground staff in general or is it just the the luck of the draw possibly you could have the best ground in the world but if your ground's built on a really clay sort of surface and it doesn't drain you know then doesn't matter what grounds when you are if you can't get on it to prepare it then there's nothing you can do um you might have some clubs which have more money which are able to afford better protection squares but if you're at a place like ours or Mosley, or it just runs down the slope, it doesn't matter what you put on, it's going to go under and it's going to get you pitched wet. You know, you, could, you know, look how Bromsgrove struggled. Um, mm. They have a full-time groundsman, do they not? Mm. You know, and I mean, we have a part-time groundsman, but, you know, we've had good pitches the last few weeks. Mm. And, you know, just it just depends on what ground you've got. We get away with it at our place, and I know a lot of other clubs do as well. But I think, yeah, it is a bit of luck of the draw on what you what you've been dealt with, what hand you've got and what you've got to play with on your ground. But John, here you go. Random fact for you. So the top six teams in Division 2 are all the six teams who won on Week 2. How much of a difference do you think it's made uh, the teams who are able to get on and play games in those rain-affected early games for the positioning of Division 2? Yeah, I think it obviously helps if you win those games because um, it just helps you get on a run earlier. Um for teams that weren't able to get games on early doors, like we said before, it, it just 
it takes that much longer for you for the team and batters and bowlers to get into their rhythms and and like you say, winning's a habit. And if you get an early win, then it, it sets you off. I, I, so I can't really set a surprise at all. Okay, so let's talk about some of the games in Division 2 recently. Uh, one of the big games was Litchfield versus Coventry in North Warwickshire. Sides who were in and around each other. Litchfield, a side who had started off great guns unbeaten in the first, well, in the first six weeks of the season and then found the next five weeks a bit tricky, having lost four of the next five, the other being a draw against West Bromwich, Dartmouth, but then coming back with a big statement victory against the Coventry North Warwickshire side who have been on a good roll, who've been on a very good run and had been as high as second in week nine. Bowling Coventry all out for 81 and then knocking them off one down. Not only getting the big 20 points, but consigning a team who are in and around the same position in the table to them to zero points. Yeah, that's a that's quite a surprising result. But at the same time, it's probably not a surprising result. Um, Covenant Forest are a good side. We, we, they, they battered us two weeks ago at their place. We, we put out a pathetic performance. Um, they bowled us out for 80. It's important to say what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and then, but a week before that, two weeks before that, we batted Litchfield. So that just shows the, the weirdness of the league. But mm. I've not yet played at Litchfield, but I've heard their place is not the best place to play cricket and their pitch is pretty awful. So that's what I mean when I say it's not surprising. Um, and to be fair, they've got four very good seamers. So I guess results like that can happen at their place. They're going to get 350. I love the way project. that you sat on the fence for the Division 1 prediction and then have just gone straight in. Um, <laughs> the views of John Wigley are those of John Wigley and John Wigley alone, <laughs> not on the podcast. Um, <laughs> That's only what I've heard. It's only what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> probably not the podcast, though. Oh, my God. So, James Wilkinson got four for 33 and will be bowling at John's head uh, when they face each other. Um, <laughs> Uh, and Brinda Figura also four for 21 Riley Ward uh, the other person to pick up wickets two for 16 and they were the only three bowlers that Litchfield needed the only two batsmen to get into double figures were Will Isles who's having a good season uh, for Coventry and North Warwickshire and Harry Horsley um, who got his 14 off 43 in reply Litchfield, Will Davis, 31 not out, and Joe Seeger, 48 off 32, um, seeing them over the line. In the other game that was a massive game down the bottom end, and one that I hear was very tasty, was the local derby, which was Bridge North versus Werfield. So in this game, Werfield won the toss and elected to field. And Bridge North then scored 242. Bridge North legend Matthew Martin, 80 off 121 balls, leading the way with skipper Matt Simmons, 55. Niall McAdam with 33. New signing Tom Leslie chipping in with an important 16 at the end with the ball. Will Weir, 5 for 37 for Werfield and Hanro Swanepoel, 2 for 35. Then in response, Greg Wright, 36, Joe Arnold, 
38 and Joe Wright 28 with Ben Parker and Will Weir seeing the game out leading Werfield to eight points and Bridge North a very valuable 16 but given the state of the game and how far Werfield were behind they've got to look at that as a as a missed opportunity for a victory there yeah absolutely um what can I just ask what 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 was it why was it was it tasty? Was there something going on there? What was, what I, heard, I heard there was a, I heard there was a lot of chat in that game from one of the sides. I think it might have been down to the fact that one of our podcast hosts wasn't there as the calming influence that he was uh, and that he is. But local derbies, these things can be expected. But, you know, it's uh, it was a big game with high tensions, as you can imagine, with both sides in the bottom four. Werfield on a, on a fantastic run at the moment, having not lost a game since week six, having lost every game up until that point. Um, obviously having the availability of their overseas makes a massive difference whereas then on the other hand Bridge North hadn't won a game since week seven and had gone four defeats in a row so green shoots for Bridge North do you think guys or it's hard to say you know it's probably a bit early to say they're recovering um, you could easily just repeat that again couldn't you and see them in a lot of trouble in four or five games time so yeah you look, at, so. you look at their next just kind of like what we were saying earlier with Kidderminster, you look at Bridge North's next few games, they've got Dorridge, Himley, Leamington, Litchfield, and then they have Schiffnell, uh, which will be a massive game week 17, John. Yeah, I, I, you know, I speak to various people and I, I, I've not played them yet because we, we were abandoned against them at the start of the season. So feeling from other teams was that they might be one of the weaker links in the league, um, but then they've obviously just keep they keep turning out performances when you least expect them, and they just they're hanging on in there. So yeah, I I, I don't really know what to expect from Bridgenorth, to be honest. Werfield, their next run of games are West Brom, Dorridge, Himley, Lamington. So you you're going to have a big part to play <laughs> in both sides' fortunes moving forwards. Yeah, or well, hopefully. Um, Hopefully we can do them both over. Um, we we hammered Werfield at their place with the with the white ball. Um, I, I suspect Werfield um, stats suggest that they they favour the red ball. Mm. I would that's probably because they rely quite heavily on their opening bowlers, so they can bowl more overs. Would, would that be fair? Uh, ben Parker and that they're overseas. Mm. Um, so be interesting to see how they go when when it goes back to white ball. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll beat them both and it doesn't matter to us. Mm. Dave Laird getting four for 51 in that game and uh, getting the main, well, a big wicket of Bazit's the man first ball, which is massive because if you keep him quiet, he's uh, he can be a very destructive batsman. Also down in the bottom end, Schiffnall are picking up draws left, right and centre and they've also picked up a couple key victories as well, which is slowly but surely crawling themselves off the, uh, trying to crawl themselves away from the relegation zone. But yeah, losing draws to West Brom uh, this week. And the big result for me, though, is at the top end, Harborn versus Himley. Harborn scoring 294 for four or 55. And then Himley only getting to 165 six down, which is a bit confusing. Yeah, that is quite a surprise because oh, Himley, Himley for me are one of the better sides. And I, I will probably go to predictions shortly, but 
I, I think they're going to be up there. So that is a surprise, but it's quite clear, obviously, when when Swapnil scores runs to Harborn, they they do quite well, don't they? So mm. there's no surprise there. Hopefully not this weekend. Yeah, very much looks like a game of two halves in that with strike with very high strike rates for everyone. Uh, Swapnil eighty nine, Kai Smith uh, one hundred eleven, Tejas Wargle with one hundred forty one. Both of the, all three of them getting scores one hundred forty nine for Swapnil. Kai Smith, 49, just missing out on his 50. And Terzos Wagle, 51, not out. But then on the other side of the coin, you're looking at Himley's strike rate and your top two strike rates are James Lunn with 80, four or five balls. And then Ollie Westbury, 87, with a strike rate of 67, uh, having scored 87 off. That's about double his normal strike rate as well. <laughs> yeah. You look, man. You know. He's like the opposite to me. He's like... 30s man but in strike rate mm. <laughs> so it looks like it's a game of two halves potentially here you know Connor Smith 23 strike rate Bilal Hussain 30 Ollie Walker 10 Elliot Small 37 Jeevan Clare 50 so I don't know you must gotta say Harborn have probably bowled very well yeah it looks like it to me I'm just looking at the the two openers have got 11 and 15 and off a lot of balls there so whether it was a, a plan to kind of build a partnership and then maybe go near the end and they've just kind of got it wrong or the or the the bowlers have bowled particularly well um i don't know George land that well but his figures look very good and <laughs> but young ollie davidson's a a young lad i know quite well in a left arm off spinner three for 44 going at just well under threes um as a spinner it's a, a pretty good effort so not sure what kind of has happened there but they look like they've they've just bunkered in and and maybe it's taken the drawn points. I'm not sure about that, but uh, yeah, it looks like a, a bit of a difficult one there. But I'm, I'm going to say the bowlers have bowled particularly well and and not allowed them to to get away. So yeah, interesting game that one. Yeah, that that opening partnership for him, the 27 runs off 88 balls. It must have must have been very good. Uh, opening bowling from Himley because, uh, well, from Harborn because we know that Himley have been up there all season. Um, so, anything else jumping out to you, John, in Division 2? Not really, other than what I said earlier is that it's just we're, we're 12 weeks in and we're none the wiser about who's going to go up and who's going to go down. It's just still complete unknowns and anything can happen. Like I said, I, I, I we're 8th and I'm still very hopeful that we can put a run together and we we can push for promotion still. So, who knows? Mm. Okay, so same again. What are your predictions for Division 2 for the second half of the season? Um, The two strongest sides, I'd say, probably the two top sides. Yeah, actually, no. Based on our current form, I I would suggest Dorridge might drop out. And I reckon... West Brom and Himley will be up there along with us, hopefully. In terms of who's going to go down, oh, I've got no idea. Um, again, I, I can't I'm sitting on the fence there. Um, it could be anyone. It, 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 it won't start to take shape until, I reckon, three games in to the white ball, so three games left. It might You might start to notice well, they're going to go down, but until then, I, I think teams will keep picking up points off everyone and... Um, and I think it'll be very close right to the end, both ends of the table. I think Dorich will, will keep going. I think Ball is having a pretty good season. And with bat and ball, I think he'll, there's a couple of other younger players that 
I think uh, we'll have a good second half of the season. So I think they'll they could be joining hopefully us in uh, Division One next year. Uh, West Brom have got some good cricketers experienced. I think they'll continue to do what they do. But I do think that Himley will start to push them. I know we've just spoken about them not having such a, a great game against Harborn, but I think they've got some good quality again. Kind of young Ollie Walker's a good cricketer and and Ollie Westbury's a, an experienced uh, captain. So I think he'll get them there. So I think Dorich will definitely, I think the West Brom and Himley will fight out for that, that final place. It's going to be tough for Bromsgrove. Uh, it's difficult for me to say that they won't stay up because I go to the same gym as uh, Jaden. And if I say on the podcast that they're going to go down, he's going to hound me for the next uh, <laughs> few days and weeks. So I'll, I'll say that Bromsgrove are going to have a set, good second half of the season and uh, and Jaden will keep them up. Unfortunately, Bridge North looking a real bit of trouble as well as Schiffnell, which would be a real shame to see those Shropshire clubs go back down, but it's going to be a real tough uh, second half for them, I'm afraid. I'm going to base my decision purely on turns and distance. Um, so I'm going to go West Brom to come top of the league. Probably, <laughs> I think, uh, about three or four turns for me. And then I'm going to go Himley uh, to come in a, a close second. Um, also a pretty close game for me. That's my little journey. And I haven't played at Himley for quite a while and it's a nice place to go back. So, uh, same at West Brom. It's actually just around the corner. You like uh, playing at Himley? Do you really? I always have done. Don't know why. Oh, wow. That's an interesting one. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, yeah, I've, I've had like a little run of years of doing quite well at him. Um, it was just, just one of those grounds. This whole episode has just been side digs at <laughs> oh, no, I various, gra- I just, various I just, tracks around the league. Well, I, I do apologise, everyone. Sorry. No, no, no. It's definitely not a dig. It's it's kind of every I'm time joking, I played at him. Every time I played at Himley, there was definitely, especially from that far end, there was a. I'm sure there was a story going around where the roller was left on the middle of the square the one time, and there's like a ridge on a couple of the pitches, and well, they've never you, been able to get them out. And they've never been. And I'm sure every time, like bowling from that one end, there was always. This was a fair few years ago now, but it was always nipped and, and one scooted or one kind of took off or whatever. Even playing when, when Wazim Jaffa played there, it was kind of, he was a very, very good player, obviously, but you just felt... He was all right. He was decent. He was all right. Um, <laughs> it, it, but you, you felt you were in the game every time I bowled at him, Lee. So, uh, yeah. I was, yeah. Yeah, I get, well, there's always a lot of bounce. Um, but I've always seen a lot of runs. Like you say, Wazim scored a lot of runs there and TP Singh, if you remember him, I've got Back of end yeah, of 150 yeah. from him that one year, and you know, a couple, you know, I got a couple of scores there, but they do have it. It does bounce more at the one end. I've seen Caddy Rally leave one, hit him on the back leg, just around his waist, and seeing how tall he was, and he went right back in his crease, and he was triggered for staffs. And then the next lad to come in, he was genuinely a foot shorter than me, he got hit on his ankle, and he was given not out. Must have been going over that one, but you know, rectify your mistake. But uh, no, just the crew, I've always enjoyed going to play there, but. On the off offhand, Richard Jones is the reason why I duck length balls because of the spell he bowled at me there one year. So, you know, you have your ups and downs, I guess, at any rate. Any single ball duck I got, and Ed Foster ran me out on purpose because it just put me out of my misery. Shouted <laughs> yes while leaning on his bat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think they hit a ball for the next two seasons. Genuinely. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a hard division to predict, isn't it? Really, because apart from Bridge North, there's no, there's been no con- and Dorridge early on. There's been no consistent 
results. You know, Bridge North put a run of defeats together, which is the worst kind of run you want to put together, really. And Dorridge, on the other hand, have put a good run of victories together. But as we've mentioned, everything else is like on our on our spreadsheet of wins being green, draws being yellow and losses being red. It is a very much traffic-like system for everyone. But yeah, I would I would say I predict that Tamworth are going to keep moving upwards. And I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think Himley and West Brom are going to be the two to look out for. They've had the most abandoned games. They seem to be the ones who are kind of putting results together and are slowly but surely creeping up. But um, it'll be interesting Dorage, to see be the next... <laughs> <laughs> That being said, Dorridge... Dorage... All of a sudden, Dorage... you know, good. Yeah, well, no, I think, to be honest, I think the next two weeks, Dorridge have got a chance to rectify that all and before then a big run because their next two games are Bridge North and Werfield. So they're going to be two big yeah. games. If they can pick those two up and then after that then they've got West Brom and Himley so if they can come out unbeaten out of those four and even if they can come out of that with four victories you're looking at that and they're going into the final six games and you're saying they've they've got it in their hands and they've got all the chance especially given that they've got their final two games Bromsgrove penultimate game Harborn final game not so bad uh, on the other hand you look at the sides down at the bottom Bridge North um, Bromsgrove have both got West Brom and Himley final game of the season. Schiffnall have got Litchfield and Werfield have got Tamworth from those bottom four. Uh, Bromsgrove's final final two games are Dorridge and Himley, which uh, they're going to have to hope that they have get, get themselves on a run uh, well before those final two, you would suggest, if form carries on the way it is. Um, well, the, bottom, anyway. the bottom two, I'm going to stick up the top sides and think they're going to do it. And I'll predict that. Bromsgrove will be at the bottom and maybe one of the newly promoted sides will find themselves back down with not being able to hit a run of form in the white ball. Interesting. Interesting. There you go. Someone not sitting on the fence for a change. Well done, Will. Thank you very much. Shifnel's two turns. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I also wouldn't mind... Uh, some of the Shropshire sides turning up because it means then all the Shropshire leagues don't have four sides getting relegated from them all. Uh, yeah. Great fun. <laughs> Congratulations. You finished eighth. You got relegated. Mint. <laughs> Cheers, lads. Do better in the Birmingham League, please. Um, anyway, <laughs> as we've said that, guys, anything more that you want to say on Division 2 before we move ourselves on? All good? No. no. Well, check us no. out. So good. I mean, we probably recorded about a two-hour podcast, but it's been good. Anyway, we move ourselves <laughs> on to our final section. Okay, so we move ourselves on to our final section, and with it being the mid-season review, as we said, Will, we are going to do our transfers for our fantasy teams. Yes, so uh, we'll be... Given one transfer each, I think, which will make it fair. Um, so those poor guys who were having a poor f- first half of the season, struggling to perform and letting the lads' teams down, uh, <laughs> can drop yourself, which I'd love to do. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm sure there's a lot more people scoring runs than me. So uh, it's my suggestion to have ourselves in as well. I don't know why I did that. Uh, just <laughs> highlights my season even more. Uh, but no, we'll have one transfer each and we'll see how we're all getting on. And see who's in the lead. Yeah, so I'll start with myself. My side was Captain Shane Dowrich, who was Division 2 Leamington. Then I had Ben Horn from Wolverhampton as my batsman from Division 1. I had my all-rounders, Connor Smith from Himley, Division 2. I had Samir Vora, 
as my bowler from Division 2, Coventry and North Warwickshire. I then had James Middleton as my keeper, K&D, Division 1. And then I had my captain's pick as Riley Ward, Litchfield in Division 2. Sutz, your side? You want me to read it out for you? Uh, Tommy Warner, uh, Bassett's a man, uh, Ollie Curl, uh, Nick James, me and Henry Cullen. And uh, Willie P, you had Captain Will Parton, Dave Ball as your all-rounder, Dorridge Div 2. You had George Hargrave, your bat, Shrewsbury Div 1. You had Ben Lees, wicketkeeper, Schiffnall Div 2. You had Alex Cavese, batter, Hales Owen, Division Alex. 1. And uh, Tommy Rex, bowler, Kenilworth Wardens, yeah. Division 1. That's a solid team. Looking at the first half now, that's pretty solid, actually. Like, mm, uh, struggled. Yeah, struggled after the first few weeks of the banding games with lads not getting in or getting the game on, but definitely uh, would have pushed up the table, I would hope. Mm. So any transfers potentially, I'd say, well, I don't want I don't want to I don't want to guide you in any direction. Are you thinking about any transfers? No, I'm not. I think I might stick with what I've got. Like I said, I can't sort myself out. So um, <laughs> I think I might I think I'll probably stick where I am. I reckon I've uh, I've backed Bridge North to stay up so I'll where, and uh, sorry, um, and Chip off stay up, so I'll keep Leezy in there because he's taking over with a few runs here and there, and we'll get a few dismissals here and there too. So I'll, I'll keep with him. Mm. Um, Tommy Rex is going to keep taking wickets, George is going to keep scoring runs, Curves, he's going to keep doing both, I would have thought. And um, I'll you know, get the odd run here and there, I'm sure, mm. and drop a few catches. <laughs> so, no, I don't think so, I don't think I will. Spoke to Sam Whitney. He doesn't want to make any changes either. His side was himself as captain. Shivan Bamri is his bat from Div 2. Zainal Hassan is his bat from Division 1. Warwick Finn is all-rounder from Wolverhampton Division 1. James Wilkinson is bowler from Division 2. And Amrin Debra is wicketkeeper from Division 1. So it's going to be tight between you two. Um, so that's, I think there's one change that you might have to make. Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm going to just change the all-rounder. I'm going to bring in Ed Bragg, if I'm allowed to. Yep. I think Cornwall's, is Cornwall's up for grabs as well, is he not? He is. As in Taylor? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he is. I, I think <laughs> Bragg... <laughs> you trying to make me look like an idiot? Well done, <laughs> just, just throw a few other names. There's a few other all-rounders you Wiggins. can throw at me. You got all-rounders spot available? <laughs> Wiggins is available. <laughs> I'll go Don't with Ed. any more uh, pressure on you. Ed, Ed Bragg is going to come into my all-rounder spot. Let's put it that way. Great stuff. Okay. I'm going to keep with the, with the same because I can't drop myself. So Fantastic. And uh, I'm not going to change your mind because I'll back them all. Come on, lads. Get me some points <laughs> and uh, we'll reveal who is the victor at the end of the season. But yeah, thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Cow Corner Podcast. As always, you can like, share and subscribe. That would be amazing. Please feel free to share the pod, get it shared around, get it around the WhatsApp groups and whatnot. And uh, let's try and let's try and build this community. We are going to try and get around some clubs and do some bits and bobs as well. Um, we have um, just finished all of the stuff stuff with Warwickshire 
and done some filming with some stuff with Hawks. So I will be spamming all of your feeds with loads of video content once I eventually get around to editing it around my other job. Um, <laughs> spamming yeah. all of our feeds. That sounds very weird. Please don't do that. Social media feeds. Sorry. Um, oh, gotcha. Fair enough. No with worries. wonderful cow corner content. So make sure you are following us on Instagram, uh, YouTube and the such like. Again, if you're interested in crossing. playing... Again, if you are interested in playing for the Cow Corner Cricket uh, Sunday 11, we have got Sunday games coming up if you fancy a very sociable trundle. Eat good food, drink some good drink, and play some good cricket and uh, dubious chat, then join us. That'd be great, and uh, it is great fun. I would ask the lads around the table, but none of them were available. Um, but So you'll just have to take it from me. Um, big thank you to... Our very special guest, John Wigley, for coming on tonight. Cheers, John. Cheers, James. Thanks for having me once again. Cheers, mate. No worries. Uh, thank you very much, Will. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, Early. <laughs> thank you very much. That's no problem at all, mate. Always a pleasure. Cheers, Gan. Thank you to everyone for supporting. This is another episode of the Cow Corner Podcast Booming with Show. Until the next time, goodbye. Bye bye. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 